Amen. All right. Been uh, excited that we've got a, a special day coming tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to having a good time. I'm not sure who and how many. We got a, a sign up list out in the out in the back. If you can kind of let us know if you're coming and sort of what you're bringing, so that we can kind of look through it. And as we've said, you know, bring something for your family. Bring, but we want to make sure that we've got plenty for everybody and. So it'll help us a little bit that way. Uh, if you'll sign up on the sheet, it's in the uh, hallway on a little table like that, where we'll eventually have our welcome center that, uh, on that little table. I, um, you know, I look at it across the, the, the crowd that we have, and I'm really pleased. And Labor Day weekend, it's, it's thrilling to have this, this crowd here. I was sitting there thinking, though, uh, as, you know, that there's different kinds of churches, and I thought, you know, if you really are looking for a church where everything's detailed and done perfectly in order, and it's probably not me, okay? Uh, I believe, and this is who I am, and God has allowed us to, to be used this way a little bit. I believe that, that the most important thing is truth combined with love. And it's not that everything's done perfectly. It's the fact that we all believe we have a perfect God. And it's not that everybody does what we believe they ought to do. It's that we all love each other. As I made a statement to uh, our crowd some time ago, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I believe the philosophy, I'm going to love people till they change, and I'm going to love them if they never change. Okay? And I just want to put that out there today because I'm going to, the message right here is called, What Has Grace Taught You? What has grace taught you? There's a lot being said about grace today, and I'm, I'm not, that's just the question, and we're going to go through this today. But, but first, uh, even before I get started, I want to ask the Lord to bless this. Please, Father, I need your presence. I need your power as I... Asked you many times, and each each night, thinking about the weekend to come, especially, ask you for your presence, your fresh anointing. But Lord, again this morning, I ask you for your fresh anointing to to be able to speak, to be able to be a blessing, to be able to be a help to somebody. Father, I pray that you'd not allow me to say anything that might hurt someone. Lord, if truth sort of. Uh, pricks the spirit, then, then, Lord, I can't do anything about that. Truth is truth. But, Father, please don't let me, in the way I may say or deliver, do anything that might hurt someone. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. I ask you to build a mighty hedge of protection around this, this church today. Wrap your arms around the church and everyone in it. Spirit of God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bind Satan from this place and it, that your spirit would be free to move from person to person and especially, Lord, that you would touch the speaker today. I beg you, in Jesus' name, amen. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. This is another one of those places where, where God makes it real clear. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are, or what location you reside in. God says that the grace of God has been brought to everyone. 
It's appeared to all men, and we've been studying a little bit about that, about creation in Romans, that even the creation, it, it tells of the grace of God. And so it has appeared to all men, but, but it came, and it's come to do more than simply salvation. And this is kind of the, the error that I think sometimes we see, is grace has come to do more. The grace of God is God's merciful kindness and pleasure that has brought salvation to all who believe. You understand? The grace of God is God's merciful kindness and pleasure and love that has brought salvation to all who believe. It was grace that sent Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, to come and live and shed his blood and die and rise again for our sin. That was grace that did that. It was grace that put Jesus on the cross in my place. It's a song that I, that I love so much, and I, and I honestly, I, I love it so much. Whenever I hear it, I, I sing it, and, and boy, I thought, I thought, man, I'm going to sing it for the people today, and then I thought, I, we need to have a good sermon, and so I'm not going to sing it, but it says, I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away, but then a voice from heaven was heard which said, turn him loose and take me instead. Boy, you hear what that says? He says, and I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace, but Jesus, God's son, took my place. I love that song. Crowns of thorns, the spear in his side, and all the pain should have been mine. Those rusty nails were meant for me, but Jesus took them and let me go free. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace, but Jesus, God's son, took my place. Isn't that exciting? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus, God's son, took our place he washed away all of our sins. He hung on a cross, suffered and bled and died and was buried and rose from the grave for us. Every one of us, individually, if there was only one of us, he still would have done it. Grace defined as the free, unmerited love and favor of God. Notice what it says, the free, unmerited favor and Here's what happens to us sometimes as Christians. Sometimes we become our own worst critic and our own worst enemy. You ever heard those words, Jabez? That's what she tells me all the time. Rob, you're your own worst critic. And I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. The, uh, <laughs> my own worst winning, for we feel we fail God so entirely that we do not deserve grace. The old devil lied to us and he'll say, you don't deserve it. Well, you know what? This one time, this is where, where he's manipulation. I love these days. I just got new glasses too, and so I cannot find where to find you in them. I kept telling him something's not right here, and, and uh, I'm just like, oh. I'm on an ocean because every time I look up, you're going, well, look at that. So, so, but we really, we feel like we don't deserve it, but this is exactly what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. That's what it is. We don't deserve it. And this grace is our only way of salvation. The only way. There is no other way. 
You know, look, we've got to face it and we not be ashamed of it. You're not going to make us ashamed of the fact that grace is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Uh, look, I don't care who they interview and they want to sidestep it. Yes, do you, you know, do you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Uh, yes, newscaster. Yes, world. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What it's saying is, is the faith, even the faith that you have is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God gave you the faith, the place in Jesus. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But notice the next verse. In a similarity to our text passage, you know, I want to, we'll go back and look at that text passage in a minute, but verse 10, he says, for, in verse 8, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. Now look, folks, grace is unmerited, but grace came to teach us something. This is why salvation comes through faith alone. We can only access grace by faith and through faith. For anything other than faith is an attempt to merit favor with God. Romans 5, 2 says, but by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The works that we do must be done in Christ, and we have Christ through grace. Once grace has come, then we are now a new creature, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And God hath ordained that we should walk in them. What? What's the them? The good works. God says grace came to teach us something. And grace came to teach us, listen to this, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And the scripture says in verse 10, For we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. The works that we do must be done in Christ, and we have Christ through grace. Once grace has come, then we are now a new creature, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Is this making sense to anybody? Now, John 1.17 says, though the... For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Again, much is said about grace today, but notice what it says again. It says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Many want to do away with the law of the Old Testament. Notice closely what it says. The law came, listen to this, these Two little statements I'm going to make here. The law came to man, through man, through God. But grace came to man, through the God-man, through God. Further notice that it says that grace came, but with it came truth. 
Grace must come first, and now as a new creature, truth must come, and the law is truth. So when Jesus came, he did not do away with the law. He came to bring grace and truth. Moses came to bring truth. And he came, and he, as a man, he presented to the people People that did not have the Spirit of God to live inside of them. These people who were going to try to live according to the law. And these people, and really it was a, the scripture says it was, it really wasn't so they could live it. The law came to teach them that they couldn't. That they could not live it. And so it came and, and the law came and taught them that they couldn't live it. And so the law came to teach them that they couldn't. Grace comes to teach us that we can. You said, can I live the law perfectly? No, listen, you live the law through the Spirit of God. My preacher said one time, long time ago, 30 years ago maybe, he said that any man could overcome the temptation of any given sin at any moment if he would yield to the Spirit of God. Now, the problem is we don't always yield to the Spirit of God. And so we're sinful flesh, we're not always yielded, and so we'll fail. Grace must come first, and now as a new creature, truth must come. The law revealed to man his inability to live up to the perfection necessary for salvation. The law was, done away, was not done away. Jesus came to save through grace, unmerited favor. And when he did, then he became, we became his workmanship. When he saves us, we are now his. This body's not mine anymore. We don't belong to ourselves. We don't belong to our own will. We belong to Jesus Christ. And you know what the church is all about? It's about an old bald-headed guy getting up here and saying, hey, he still wants us to be more like him. He wants us to grow to be more like him. It wasn't done away with. Grace came through unmerited favor. And when it did, then he, we became his workmanship. We were remade by him, a new creature, a trinity now uh, of body, soul, and Holy Spirit ordained unto good works. Now you go back once more to our passage, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Grace brings us salvation by unmerited favor, but grace does not stop there. Grace teaches Grace teaches us that we must deny ungodliness. If you've been saved by grace, can you just say amen? amen. If you're saved right now on your way to heaven, can you just say praise the Lord? Praise 
Listen, praise the Lord, I am saved and I'm saved and it's not in me. I couldn't be good enough to earn my salvation. I couldn't change enough to make it make myself right. I was wicked and, and, and I, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died, but Jesus, God's son, took my place. He took my place. And listen, he took your place if you're saved on your way to heaven because that's the only way that you can go to heaven. Grace then comes and it doesn't stop there though. Grace, the scripture says, teaches us. When he came in to save us, he came in to save us, but then he came in, the Holy Spirit of God came in to teach us. Teach us what? That we must deny ungodliness. Reject wickedness. Reject worldly lust. Say, what is that? It's a longing, especially for what is forbidden. Desire or lusting after something that we should not have. He says that we, he came to teach us to live soberly. That means to live not just seriously, but with a controlled mind that we, we watch what comes into our mind. We control what we allow ourselves to think about. We, you know, can, I, can I just t- say to you folks, listen, we have the right to fight against what comes in here. We don't have to allow everything to come in here. We don't have to listen to everything. We don't have to watch everything. We don't have to do it. And listen, when something gets punched into your head at the mall or when you're walking around and some billboard or some something just comes in your mind or if it's a negative spirit or it's critical spirit or it's critical. Listen, when it comes in, you don't have to allow that thing to take hold. You can get rid of it right now. Tell it to get out. You understand? Tell it to get out. You say, I've been trying to, but she won't leave. No, I listen. Amen. All right, some things I just shouldn't say, but it happens. You know what God's really saying here? He's saying, get real about Christianity. Somehow we got to the point where we think we come sit in church once a week and, hey, everything's cool, and we just go ahead about life, however life is. But that's not what grace teaches us. It's not, and look, this is not being mean. It's just that it, when somebody has been incredibly good to you, when somebody's taken care of you, when somebody's provided for you and loved you, wouldn't it just make sense that you ought to want to please them and listen to them? My daughter's here. Hey, she's visiting. Raise your hand, Joe Beth. Joe Beth. Raise your hand, Joe Beth. No, raise your hand. Tara, I just couldn't find her name. My daughter came to visit with us. And I've changed my sermon, just preached this right at her. Because you need it. No. It, uh, no, it just, if we really realize, I mean, Do you ever stop and think about what Christ did so we could go to heaven?
mean, just to think for a moment what he suffered so that we could have eternal life. Everything about the fact that, that God Almighty sent his son. That he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. For what purpose? To be rejected and spit upon, lied about, beaten, murdered. Why? For us. And that's when, when we really understand the grace of God that saved us, then that grace ought to motivate, that teaches us. Teaches us that we deny ungodliness, deny worldly lusts. That sh we should live soberly with a controlled mind. Righteously, which simply means agreeing with right, justice and truth. Godly, truthfully def defined, that's living according to the Word of God. Being in the Word of God. Uh, there he said, Jay said just, uh, you know, between Sunday school and, and church, he had to get a cover for his Bible because his Bible's falling apart. And you know those saying, if the Bible's falling apart, then the person's not. Uh, of course, that old saying is not always true. We're talking about Jay over here. <laughs> But you know what? I want that Bible falling apart because I want you in it and in it and in it and in it. You say, oh, is this all about that we got to all walk, step, and, and live a certain way? No. I, and I, if I could get this truth across to you, God just simply lays out principles that if we will adhere to them because we say, God, your grace is so good that it teaches me how to live. Watch this. If we live it, it will give us a better life. That's all God's doing. He's saying if you don't go the, into that mess, then, then you won't get hurt by that mess. If you stay away from that, then you won't get hurt by that. If you don't do that, you won't get hooked on that. You know, just treating people, how we react to people, how we love people. You know, if we, God teaches us about the fruits of the Spirit. And if we just get to the first three, you know, that God, God t tells us the fruits of the Spirit is that He gives us love and joy and peace. You know what? That's not something terrible to have in your life. I mean, everybody in here would probably like to have love and joy and peace in their life. And that's what God's saying. It's not all about, oh, keep this rule, keep that rule, do this. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about, yes, there's principles and there's truths and there's things here that, wow, it'll give you love and joy. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your heart. But it'll also teach you, hey, maybe you should stay away from that because doing that might hurt you, might hurt your children. They're not laws and rules they are principles of life that will give you a better life. And you don't do Look, watch this. Remember, we started with grace. Grace is unmerited favor. So doing these things won't get you any brownie points with God. Doesn't. Because God says, when you do that, your heart's not right about why you're doing it in the first place. Now, when does this take place? When does this teaching take place? When we get to heaven? When we get old like the preacher? Or just later, man? 
Now, if you read it again, it says, now in this present world. That's what the scripture said. Look, look back at it again. He says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness the world of us, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Right now. That's the when. When does God want us to learn this? When does God want grace to teach us this? Right now. Okay, I'm going to give you a quiz. See if you've been listening. When did God want us to do this? Thank you. Some of you just failed because I didn't see your mouth move. And I, you could be like my, my, my daughter. Not this one. It was another blonde. Um, my, my blonde daughter, Heather, she was in about 7th or 8th grade. And the teacher looked at her, knowing Heather. Now, you got to know Heather. She's the one that sitting in the back seat at Christmas. You know the song that says, With angelic host proclaim? Heather's in the back seat saying, With the jelly toast proclaim. <laughs> she, she, she just, she's Heather. She was the one when we, <laughs> we pulled up to a stoplight. Remember the stoplight? And over beside me is the police car. It has a police dog in it. Heather looks out the window and goes, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. What'd that poor dog do? That's <laughs> <laughs> Heather! So they looked at her and the teacher said, Heather, I want you to answer this question. When? was the War of 1812 fought. And Heather looked right at him and said, is this a trick question? For Heather it was, yes, it was. Next question, Heather, who's buried in Grant's tomb? And so, why, when, it's right now, right now, right now. When? Some of you didn't answer. Lauren, did I see your mouth move? Okay, all right. Right now. Why? That's the other one. Why? Because once you have received grace and you truly know you do not deserve it, that you get heaven and you did nothing to deserve it. I mean, it's one thing to get a, a little money and you don't deserve it. It's one th another thing to get some possession, but to get heaven and you don't deserve it. Well, you better start looking up for the glorious appearing of the one who provided the grace. And the one who gave himself to redeem us. And we who did not deserve it, we who are unworthy, we need to be looking up and being prepared. Understand he's coming again. Folks, do you understand that even before I finish right now, Jesus could come again. There's nothing to hinder him from coming right now. You know, there's some times in the past, you know, in history that maybe everything wasn't in place. But I believe personally, there's just nothing that has to be fulfilled today to keep Jesus from coming today. But he said, while I'm gone, I've given you grace. And that grace hopefully has brought salvation to you. He said, but while I'm gone, I want grace to continue to teach you. Teach you what? 
teach you that you are to be a peculiar people. Peculiar people. Look back at it again. Verse 13 says, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And look, if you're saved right now, you've been cleansed from all sin. Eternally, you're cleansed from all sin. And purify unto himself. Now, the redeeming us from all our sin, past, present, and future, is about our eternal life. Purifying us is about our present life. Purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Folks, God expects us to study his word, and God expects things in our lives to change. And I don't care if you've been in church for 400 years or if you've been in church for four months or for four days. God still wants something inside of you to change. Grace is going to keep teaching us until he appears or until we go to be with him. Grace is going to continue. Well, let me. Grace is going to continue to teach. Now watch. Anybody ever taught a class before? Okay. Anybody ever been in a class before? If you've ever taught a class before, you find out that there are some students that don't hear anything that you say. Anybody ever noticed that before? Well, if you haven't, come up here and preach for about five minutes, and you'll understand the experience. There are some people that while you're teaching and you're just teaching away, you know they're looking at you and all they're hearing is wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. And boring teachers are kind of like wah, 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 wah. Exciting teachers are but they're not getting anything. Right, Marco? They're not getting anything. That's, look, that's one of the great discouragements of teaching and preaching. You know it's just bouncing off that shiny head. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It's not getting through. It's just not working. Grace is teaching all along every day, and grace is teaching through his word. Grace is teaching. Now, there's reasons we reject that teaching. We don't, one of them is we don't want to be a peculiar people. Because we think being a peculiar people in this world makes us weird to everybody else. You know? 
We just, you know, I don't want to be different. Let me help you. You're already weird. Okay? You are. We, we really don't want to be peculiar. We, we don't want to be unusual. That's what it is, unusual. But God says, if you're mine, and watch this, not just if you're mine. Here's the whole key. If you're mine and you are allowing grace to teach you, you're going to become different from the world. You're going to look different. Forgive me. You're going to dress different. <laughs> Look, if you go into every environment and every environment you go into, you are not peculiar, you're not unusual, you are usual. You're like everybody else doing whatever you're doing, then you're not peculiar. But God says, listen, watch this. It's amazing how much God knows. Did you ever think about that? You never thought about that. God knows everything. And he knows what we, he knew we were going to be in 2016. And he knew the styles in 2016. He knew the, everything about 2016. He knew that, look, if you're going to be a Christian and if you're going to live according to what grace is teaching you and you're going to allow grace to say, I'm going to deny ungodly lust. I'm going to, look, this is the most lustful society in all of history because of technology. If you're going to be unusual, you're not going to... They did a survey. Survey of, uh, uh, of a thousand evangelical men. Now, yeah, you know, they always do that, evangelical men. Not sure exactly what that is, but they, they could be some actual Christians in that. They did a thousand of them. And here's the survey. Have you seen pornography in the last seven days? Have you viewed pornography in the last seven days? 90% said yes. But God says you got to deny that. Watch this, watch this now. If you don't do it, you're peculiar. In this generation, if you don't commit immorality as a teenager, if you don't get with the... Whatever gender anymore, if you don't get with somebody else, then you are peculiar. But God says denying ungodly lust. Is this too much for Sunday morning? I do some Sunday night services on Sunday morning. Are you okay? And grace, look, it's not the law teaches me this. Oh, I, you know, it's all, you know, the law was Old Testament. It didn't say law teaches me this. Watch this. It's not the law that teaches me this. Everybody understand. It's not the law that teaches me this. Everybody got it now? It's not the law that teaches me. Grace teaches me this. Peculiar people. Zealous of good works. And I'm almost done. It says burning Zealous means burning, most eagerly desirous of. 
zealous to defend, uphold a thing, vehemently uh, contending for a thing. That's what zealous, zealous, burning desire for something. And it's the burning desire for good works. And what are those good works? Uh, denying ungodliness, worldly lust, living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present wicked, let me throw it in a wicked world. And if you live godly in, a, in, a, in this present wicked world, you're going to be strange. So everybody here, I want you to get one truth before you leave here. You are strange. This poor boy down here, he's looking at me like, what did we walk into today? <laughs> you, think, you, think, you think I'm a crazy man? I don't. Yeah, all right. What's your name? Vinquez. All right, Vinquez. You're an athlete, aren't you, Vinquez? I can tell. Not a good one, I don't think. No, I'm just I want to meet you afterward. They, uh, no. God wants us to have a, a life. A life of joy, peace, a life of happiness. And he's given us the truth, and he gave us grace, and he said, that unmerited favor that I gave you, that salvation should teach you. It's, and he will teach you. No matter is do we receive it. The question comes again then, what has Grace taught you. You say, I got saved. This is after salvation. Grace teaches you. What has he taught you? What has grace taught you? And if right now you're thinking, uh, you know, I'm not a whole lot, why not? Because grace has been teaching. Right now, the same teaching, preaching, although pretty weak, but the same teaching and preaching has been going to everybody in here. There'll be some people that'll come by me as they walk out and say, I needed that today. You say, how do you know? Because I just told you to. So somebody, <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be people that'll come by and smile at me and say, that's just what I've been dealing with this week. There'll be people that'll, that'll come, there'll be others that'll come by and they'll say, that was really good. And I'll say, what I preached about? And they'll say, that was really good. <laughs> now, grace has been teaching. But if we've not been learning, We've not been getting the teaching. And folks, there's only two reasons. Has salvation grace ever been experienced? Are you saved? Now, there's a lot of people made decisions. There's a lot of people that came forward and got baptized. There's a lot of people that joined churches or as I always give the illustration, you're like my wife, 12 years old, walking forward and filling out a piece of paper. But have you ever truly received the grace?
of God. Salvation. Because if never grace has never come, then grace has never started teaching. But when grace shows up, then God says grace begins to teach. And if grace has shown up in your life, then there's only one other reason. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2.13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We've not submitted, yielded to the Spirit of God, to the teaching that God brings. And right now, throughout all this message that I've given, there's two things that ought to be really in your heart and mind if the Spirit of God is coming in. One is this, am I saved? Now, I'll just tell you, if that question was the first question to popped into your mind then you need to get that taken care of because that is something that's going to haunt you and, and hinder you and you're really never going to be able to hear grace even if you're saved but you still doubt it you can't hear grace teach but the other question is here's that might have popped into your mind it might have been the image or something that's going on in your life It might have been something you're participating in. It might have been something that you're hanging on to. It might be something that you, it's been controlling you and part of you for so long that immediately you, you thought the Spirit of God said, yeah, what about that? And you, and you almost immediately said, don't go there again because I've tried and tried and tried. And there's, can I tell you, grace is still saying, We've got to overcome this through the Spirit of God. So what is grace? What is grace teaching you? Right now, what is grace teaching right now? Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your...